And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How do I sound now? I sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. It is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge in D.C. My Eagles got... My Eagles came up a little short, Marcus, in the tournament. Just a tad short by 35 against Michigan. But that's okay. We made... You made the show, though. That's hey, the, that's hey, the important I thing. Even, I don't even have a team in a tournament, so I was living vicariously through the other HBCU. There you go. Howard. <laughs> and Dawn Staley just was out of pocket, she man. Why, mud stomped Why him. they do that to Howard, man? <laughs> Damn, like, man. That, felt, that felt hella anti-black. Like, Damn. come on, man. Come on, man. 44 to 4. 44 to 4. Dawn, you one of us, man. Like, <laughs> that was I, I was hurt by that. I felt attacked. Call him off, Dawn. Damn. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good, man. Man. Right? And and our guest this week has has mad experience in the tournament. Unlike unlike American University, his team actually did some made some noise in the joint, Marcus, when they got in. They they upended the Duke Blue Devils and whatnot. Because of course it's CJ McCollum. From the Pelicans. Thank you for jumping back on with us, CJ. I almost put a tie on, man. This dude's going to be president or something. I feel like I know, we're right? going to remember this. You right? know what I'm saying? I feel Start like calling I him senator and whatnot. I'm not built for politics, man. I got to pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. But, but you're president of the Players Association, which is a job you did not need to add to your plate. <laughs> but that's how you know he it. ain't built for it. <laughs> I did it. I, I'm getting a crash course. Although this is unpaid, unlike being president. Right, right. Um, it's It's been fun for me. And the difference is that I truly care about the impact in which I'm going to have on players, their families. Yeah. The game of basketball for the long haul. Uh, that's like my priority right now. Just figuring out how to grow our game, how to educate our guys and how to get more business opportunities in front of everybody so that we can create that generational wealth and sustainable wealth long term. You know, I've talked to Michelle, who the former play, head of the Players Union for, for many years about this, and I'm sure she's talked to you about it too, CJ. Like, she thought the next step was how do players become true partners with the teams by getting equity in the teams? And I thought, it's, I mean, it's one of those theoretical things that, you know, yeah, it makes sense. It sure does. How do you get it? How would you get that? Or do you even think about getting that from the theoretical to the practical, like in a way that would make sense for everybody? I'm I'm looking at all opportunities um, and ways to grow the game. And my job is to look out for the betterment of our players, 450 of us, all of us in different circumstances, different situations, different amounts of money, uh, different needs, right? But that's something that benefits the masses. That's something that benefits all of us. It's something that we have to consider. Obviously, uh, we have to be in agreement with it. It has to make sense uh, for the governors. It has to make sense for our league. But it's something that we are considering. It's something that we need to look at. And Michelle has talked about it for a long time. Um, why shouldn't Steph Curry be able to receive, you know, payment based on how he's helped grow the Golden State Warriors, right? Why not? Right. Obviously, he's being compensated, but that team has shifted drastically um, the last 10 years. And he's a huge, huge part of that. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the, the list goes on and on. 
you look at some of these franchises, look at what John Moran's going to do to Memphis. Why shouldn't he benefit right. from from taking Memphis to a place they probably haven't gone in a long time? You know, what I mean, they're playing on TV all the time. You could you could you could do that for you know team by team. Look at Le- LeBron and what he means to the Lakers. Obviously, they got a history. The team is continuing to grow, but there's a reason why they're they're now called Crypto.com Arena. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the game is shifting. The landscape is shifting. And where we're at as a society, where we're at as players, our knowledge, our understanding of business is completely different than it's been in past years. So that means that there's changes that need to come within the CBA. Does the road to here that you've experienced make that burden? I don't want to say easier, but more attainable or is because it's so the, the, what you guys are or challenged with doing has not been done before, right? This is unprecedented territory, the amount of influence and impact and empowerment players have. Does that make the task weighty? Or or since you have all the resources and knowledge and understanding, it makes it feel more feasible? Anything is possible, right? Like, I made hundreds of millions of dollars playing basketball from Lehigh University. I got my own line, right? Like, we got players who are on the doorstep of becoming billionaires, Anything is possible. So it's just a matter of gathering the resources, being able to have the, the proper dialogue, being able to have the proper conversations, kind of understanding, you know, what that looks like, understanding what that means for the governors, what that means for the respective teams. And then we just have that dialogue. I think we're in a different space than most sports leagues. Um, we have relationships, you know, with the NBA, we have relationships with the front office, we have friendships, right? Like, can you remember a time where, like, for instance, I use the Sixers, like Ruben and and and, and B, like, really get along? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Harden, our relationship, and Harden, and Harden, like yeah. our relationships with like the higher ups, if you will, are now business partners since we're splitting money, we're sp- splitting BRI, we're splitting billions of dollars, helping generate billions of dollars for for our league, for our, for our um, respective employees. We're in a different space in a different state to where we can have those conversations. And it's, it's, it's with respect. Uh, we just got to be able to meet each other halfway. And um, I, I think we're in a much different place in baseball, much different place in football, obviously, um, to where the league is growing. The league is expanding and you have to entertain all options. You have to entertain. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but you have to entertain all options and look at you know ways to make all parties happy and ways to compensate people the way they should be compensated. I was going to ask you about baseball because I mean, they, they have a different history. It, it's been so contentious for so long between the players and the owners. I don't know if they could ever really agree on much of anything. And I just wonder what lessons you took from watching that from afar. I mean, I, I speak to Adam once a week, right? I speak to Mika once a week at a minimum and our relationship, our dialogue, our wants, our needs, our egos are completely different. Uh, we understand what needs to happen for us to come to agreement on certain things. We understand when it's time to fight and when it's time to say, Hey, look, we have to, we have to meet in the middle here. And mm-hmm. I think we're at that point where um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to be put in that, in that type of situation. It, it's not like, and we talked about this on some calls. It's not like baseball was super far apart in their agreement. There was a little bit of pettiness. There's a little bit of back and forth. That was, there was some ego involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, the commissioner was kind of smiling, right? You know, right. as he's, as he's talking about it during a lockout. So there was a lot of behind the scenes contentious stuff going on that we probably don't even know about. We don't have that within our league. We don't have that. Um, we, we have a on 
ongoing dialogue, ongoing situation, ongoing relationship. I've been friends with Adam since before he was commissioner, before I was president. Obviously, business is business, right? We got to do what we got to do. I got to protect my guys. He got to protect his. Um, but for us to be successful, we have to be able to work together. We have to be able to meet each other halfway. We got to be able to have uncomfortable conversations. And that's the way business works. There's not, there's nothing personal about business. You got to do what you got to do. I got to do what I got to do. And we're at that point where we'll be able to, to have amicable, amicable decisions made uh, where there's no love loss. Shout out to my guy, uh, Jamal Crawford, who uh, mm -hmm. just retired and yep, yep. I I, I was telling him it's 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 kind of amazing that he went through a 20 year career and came out on the other side more respected and more revered. And you can argue like his impact as a person is just as great as it was as a player. Uh, it makes me think of you. And I'm trying to figure out how did you become this? You were like a five two maniac hooping <laughs> in the gym at 6 a.m. Basketball, all basketball, basketball, basketball. Now you're like a mogul with like yep, right uh, you know what i'm saying like, uh, like it's like a don and whatnot when, when did it like when did it happen i mean you were trying to make it you know you were trying to get a scholarship and make it and you were that had to be so consuming and now you're this guy with like community and and business and and all that like how did Wine. that transition happen yeah i think jay-z said it best man put me anywhere on god's green earth i tripled my worth it was just more about taking advantage of what was put in front of me Right. I had this long term vision of what I wanted my life to look like, how I was going to become successful. And it all started with hard work. It was all centered around working hard and doing things the right way and put myself in a position to be successful in basketball. But while I was doing that, I never lost sight of the things that I cared about, the things that I was passionate about, the things that I knew would be a part of my identity and my legacy long term. I used basketball for everything it's worth, right? I work extremely hard. I work on my game. I treat people the way they're supposed to be treated. I am nice to people. I'm genuine. I'm friendly when I need to be friendly. I'm cold hearted when I need to be cold hearted. But I had this long-term vision of journalism. I had this long-term vision of finance, this long-term vision of education, this long-term vision of compassion, being able to help others and expose them to things that I wasn't exposed to, but that I was starting to see, right? Like I was starting to be involved in real estate. I was starting to learn about franchising, starting to have calls. I was starting to be in rooms with people where I was like, wow, if I could get some of my homies in these types of rooms, if I could get some of my friends from the inner city in these types of rooms, if I could just expose them to this type of knowledge, I could change the trajectory of all of our families, of their families, of my homies' families. And that was always my mindset. So Yes, I was up at 6 a.m. I still I'm still up early, but now my days are split. Right. I work on the main thing. Right. I hoop. That's my job. I'm good at it. I've tried to master my craft. I'm continuing to master it every day. But I got books around. Like if you look at my desk right now, I got books to the left. I got books to the right. I got my notepad. I got my pens right here. Like I get my wife, my aunt. My aunt-in-law, my, my mother and father-in-law, they gift me pens now because I'm writing so much, I'm running out of ink. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm constantly trying to evolve and constantly thinking about ways to, to leave a legacy, to make this world a better place. But also, like you said before, I'm trying to build an empire in which I help people. Like, right? All these empires, like people make money. I'm gonna make money, which is great. You need money to, to do things and to help people and to bring people up. But I'm trying to create moments, experiences, and opportunities right? Like this is, this is, this is the game, right? You, you, you got people that make money and throw money at things, right? 
I don't just throw money at things. I want to create experiences for people to where they can say, okay, I want to be in journalism. I can go to CJ's press pass. If I want to learn more about what the world has to offer, I can go to CJ McCombs dream center. If, if I'm a black person and I want to learn about more about wine, CJ has this program for inclusivity. CJ is doing these things in the wine space to make it wine more comfortable for black people, because in reality, it wasn't really for us. Right. Like, the way they the way they make it seem like it's so difficult it's so hard to understand you got the sound that comes out it's words you don't understand there's this regions you got new world old world all this stuff i want to make it more relatable to us and that's what i'm doing so i'm trying to create things for everybody while taking advantage of the game of basketball because if it wasn't for this i'm not sitting here talking to y'all right now right like i'm just another student that graduates from lehigh i'm probably a beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, so right, right, right. I want to maximize everything this game has to offer. And before it was all about hoop, right? Because I was, I was narrow-minded. My brother was a forward thinker. He envisioned this life before I could see it, right? I didn't think this was possible. He spoke it into existence. Then I went and worked for it. Then I was like, you know what? I can hoop. I can read. I can educate. I read more now than I did when I was in college. So like, I can really learn about, like, they say it all the time the keys to life and to success are in books people have written and gave you step-by-step step on how to succeed, how to do everything. It's just that they don't, they, they're not even, they're not giving us the right books or we don't think reading is cool in our community. So we don't do it. But now I'm trying to make this stuff cool because this is how you get to the money. When you can get to the money, you can do whatever you want to help your people. Yes. It, it, you, you've got, you know, I don't know how you, the time management piece to me is, is, is fascinating to me. How, how That's do you the book he need to write. You know huh? what I'm saying? Like how <laughs> how do you compartmentalize your time? Because you got little man at home, you got the wifey, you got all you got all the things that we all have when you reach a certain age, and you got this this thing that you have to work on 24-7. Because if you don't, you're playing against killers, man. You know that. I mean, and so, but all these other things are important to you too. So how did you learn to manage your time? I'm still learning, man, but I got a great team around me, and I think communication is important. I'm sure you've, you've met Ashley and spoken to Ashley a lot of times. She sure. kind of helps manage everything, right? She's stressing because I got a lot of stuff going on. I might be behind on some things. We do a weekly call that's getting longer and longer mm -hmm. and that we were in constant communication on things, itemized things that I need to be getting done in the wine space as the president of the PA, journalism stuff, community initiatives I'm doing in Oregon that I'm transitioning to New Orleans, what I'm trying to build here, books, these things, those things. I have a wife. I have a two-month-old son. I'm trying to take a team to the playoffs. I'm trying to get acclimated with a new city. I've been in the same city for a long time. But for me, this is easy, right? The busier I am, the more I thrive, right? I thrive in chaos. When it's, when it's too still, I don't like it. I only like to be still when I'm chilling with my wife or I'm chilling with my son. Otherwise, I'd like to be on the move because life is to be lived. So I've, I've learned how to kind of manage my time. I wake up early. I stay up late. My best thoughts come on the planes at 1 a.m. at 2 a.m. when I'm flying. And that's why I'm writing stuff down. I'm in my notepad. I'm in my notes on my phone. But I know how to make money, right? Like I play basketball. Right. This is my job. I'm very good at it. I'm getting better at it. And that is my focus. I take care of my body. I get, I get to the gym early. I stay late. I have a great routine. I know how to get to my spots on the floor. I'm becoming a better passer, a better leader, a better defender, I'm becoming more efficient. It's like as you live life, you start to figure out 
how to master your days. Like I'm mastering my days now where I know what time I need to wake up. I know what time I need to go to sleep to be able to function. I know what times I need to be FaceTiming my wife. I know what times I like to read to my son. And it's, it's, it's hard. There's no perfect balance, but the communication that I have with my household is crucial. They know exactly what I want to accomplish. My wife knows exactly what I want to get out of this life. She's known for 10 years, how I want to live, where I would like to live, what types of vacations I want to go on. (laughs) But most importantly, she knows what it's going to take. It takes sacrifice. It takes me having to be gone sometimes. It takes me, hey, baby, I got to go to the gym. It's 5 a.m. Hey, I got to go to the gym. It's 1 a.m. She's rebounded for me at 2 a.m. at Lehigh University. So she knows Mm -hmm. how I'm wired. She knows what I want to accomplish. And then she sees it, right? It's one thing to be a part of the process and you see the success. She understands what comes with it, the territory. She's a doctor. She gets it. She's worked hard. It's to give, there's take. There's times when my family's like, hey, you can't be here for this. And it's like, yeah, I can't be because these are the things I want to accomplish. And there's some small sacrifices that I got to make, but I'll try to get there next year. I'll try to be better at this next time around. Mm. But it's the dialogue that you have to have. But there is no perfect formula. Man. My life is good because I make it good and I get the best out of it. But there's hard days. There's days where I'm like, damn, am I doing too much? Like, do I need to slow it down? But then I think about how I want my life to be at 40. I'd rather work hard now so I can rest hard later. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. As a teacher of young journalism minds, especially uh, community college ones, right? Uh, I know they, they, they're often so unaware of our profession, right? And I think I may have told you before, but I think you might be better at it than most of us. Uh, how, 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 how many times do you wake up at night regretting that you didn't become David Aldridge, right? Because then you would have been a Hall of Fame. No, I'm just messing Be old and but, broken but, down. Where, uh, how do you envision yourself being a part of the media space and journalism space uh, moving forward uh, in, your, in your life? I've experienced a lot of different phases of journalism, right? Like I started off with the Rookie Diary. I did the podcast, or not a podcast. I did a weekly radio show with Series XM. I've worked with iHeartRadio. I've done local. I've done Jamming 107.5, Portland's number one station for hip-hop and r and I've covered the finals for ESPN. I've gone on NBA TV. I've done work with Turner. I've written. I am comfortable in every type of environment now. And the, the, the key thing for me early on was to expose myself to all phases of journalism so I could see what I liked, what I didn't like, how comfortable am I at 7 a.m. on ESPN, how comfortable am I on, at midnight on ESPN, how comfortable am I sideline reporting, doing analysis. So I've kind of done it all to kind of figure out what I like most. Now I'm narrowing my focus. Right? I'm 30. I got a son. I got a wife. I got a sport. I'm the president of the PA. I got a wine business. I have a lot of stuff going on to where I have to narrow my focus and figure out like 
what aspects of journalism do I want to attack? What aspects of journalism do I want to save for retirement? So I'm kind of like maneuvering now, figuring out like how much do I want to be on TV? There was a point in time in which I was a better journalist than I was a basketball player. That was a problem, right? I was turning down opportunities because I wasn't playing. And I was telling my agent, I was like, yo, this is not a good look. Like I went to school for this and it's cool. But now people are judging me saying that I care more about this than I do hoop. And it's like, no, I love hoop. I'm just not playing. <laughs> so like I'm doing this because I'm not playing. And I had to take a break. I had got pitched podcasts seven, eight years ago. And I was like, nah, that's too much. Like my voice is being heard a little too much for me to, to be averaging 10 minutes a game. <laughs> Once I became a starter, then I came back to the podcast and started doing that stuff. So now I'm known people know I take basketball seriously. They know I'm multifaceted. Um, you will see me more on TV, probably here in, in the near future. I will be probably doing some more stuff, kind of figuring out, you know, where I'm, where I'm heading, you know, in my forties and beyond, I will kind of experiment with some writing. I'll be doing a little bit of everything. You'll start to see some stuff that comes, comes to play, but we're still kind of tailoring my plan on what I want to accomplish now that I've done X, Y, Z. I want to, I want to just transition just a little bit, just to the hoop part of it, because it is, uh, you know, you had a disruptive season, right? I mean, you had to change, you, you had to, yeah. and I just, I heard you on the knuckleheads the other day about, how much of a partnership you had with Joe Cronin and, and Portland and how it, it made it easier. And I just wonder, did you, was that something that you believed was possible because you hear, I mean, you hear all these horror stories about, I found out when I, at my, at my son's game, or I found out in the grocery store that I got traded and nobody called me and all that. And it seemed like it didn't work that way with Portland. They, they were with you every step of the way. And I just wonder what that process was like. Yeah, I think communication is key in every type of relationship you have, right? I, I, I'm big on communication. It's why I went to school for journalism. It's why I took public speaking courses. I want to be able to express my feelings. I want to be able to share things. I want people to really, truly understand what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, my delivery. And I want to also be able to understand people, which is why I took sociology courses, right? So I could kind of read body language and all those things. I say all that to say that I, I'm not shy, right? Like when I feel a way, I speak on it. When I don't, I don't. I knew something was going to happen, right? Everyone else knew. I knew for six or seven years I was in rumors. Once Neil got fired, the writing was on the wall. Something is going to happen bigger. Right. Terry was fired. Our whole staff was out. Like it's two dominoes, right? Um, me and Dane. Right. Someone is leaving. Right. Someone's getting traded. If it's not him, who else is it going to be, right? If they want to make a big change, it has to be me. So we had adult conversations. Like I walked into his office and we had adult conversations where I was like, look, man, I understand that you're your interim GM. You got some decisions you need to make. I just want to have that open line of communication with you to where we're talking back and forth. I have a baby on the way. I've been in the city a very long time. I have a lot of things I need to plan around. And I would, I would appreciate it if we could have an open communication. I'm, I'm understanding you got to do what you got to do. There's some things you may not be able to tell me. And I respect that. But as the, as the player that I am, the person that I am first, you know, me, you know, how I move, you know, the influence that I have in this league, you know, the relationships that I have, I think it would be very beneficial for all parties. If we're able to work out something in the event, that's the route you want to take. Yeah. So we had those conversations for a long time and out of respect to me and my family and the things I've done in that community, the things I've done for that team, we both felt like it was in both our better interests to talk through a transition. And that's what we did. We talked through options. We talked through what that would look like. 
asked him what you would like to see happen in a deal. And it got to that point where like most players, I don't know if they can have those types of conversations about their value, their worth, whatever. But I'm like, look, I get the business. I know numbers. I know CV. I know the collective bargaining. Mm -hmm. I know the salary cap. I know what you can pay, what you can't pay. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, you can't pay all of us. And I'm not here to take less money. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, (laughs) so let's work something out. And, you know, I'm thankful for Joe. I'm thankful for the relationship that I have with him. The Trailblazers organization, they've been great to me. I've been great to them. And we agreed it shouldn't be an ugly breakup. Like there's a way in which you can do things and both parties can move on. They can be happy to be moving on. They can be happy with what they're receiving. And I can go to a place where I'm wanted, I'm needed, I'm utilized properly. I'm able to flourish, able to be my entire self. My wife is happy, my son. I have to transition. I got to find a pediatrician. I got to find a house. Like they understood all the the parts of my life and the sick part of business is that that doesn't always happen. Right. Right. And we want to get to a point where business is happening properly. Right. Sometimes you got to make trades and you can't really inform people because they'll blow the deal up. I get that. But in the event that all parties can coordinate respectively and responsibly, I think people should always get the benefit of the doubt to get the heads up. Like if you got to do the trade, you got to do the trade, but like you should at least give somebody a heads up, especially when their wife is pregnant. Right. Do any more. You know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a lot of variables there to where like our life shifts a lot. Right. And I knew my life was about to shift. I had to leave my son. I had to leave my wife to come to New Orleans. I didn't bring him with me because he didn't have all his shots yet. Right. He still had doctor's appointments. She still had doctor's appointments postpartum. Right. Right. So that was a tough situation in which we respect. We respectfully handled it um, probably better than better than I even envisioned it. Right. Because breakups are hard. It's not easy. I thought your outro, you know, that what you wrote for the Players Tribune, I f- it was so good. I felt like I was the ghostwriter. You know, I wasn't, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's, that's a bar, bar bro. That's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> you know, you, uh, it's, it's funny to me. I mean, 10 years is a long time, but it's not that long. And it's funny to me that you're an OG now, right? Like you go like, Crazy. Hey man, I'm going to go, Crazy. I'm going to go handle this. I'm going to put some cats under my wing. It feels like the battles like you had with the Warriors was just like two years ago, right? So like all that was kind of, was so recent. I, I, I was wondering like with all this like wisdom and, and maturation, how do you view like those years? I mean, I, you guys ran up against a dynasty. Like we're going to talk about that team yeah. for, for 30 years. And, and I know maybe people said, okay, you didn't get it done. And some people view that as a failure. I wonder how do you view it? You've been through it. You, you went toe to toe with them, like, you know, yeah. KD and Steph and clay and hindsight as a basketball fan. How do you view that as an OG? Um, I think twofold, right? I think people's interpretations of success and failure is relevant to their wants, their needs, right? Success for me was maximizing my potential, right? Getting the most out of my talents, my abilities and making the most of the situation. And I did that. Dane did that. We did the best that we could with what we were given, with the roster that we were given, with the situations that we were given, with the injuries we were given, with the teams we ended up matching up against, 
should we have probably won a championship? I think it's debatable, right? Like we lost to some very good teams, arguably the best team ever. This one year, I felt like we should have won the championship. That's the year we went to the conference finals. We were beating the Warriors three straight games by double digits. We blew three straight game leads in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. I felt like that was the year we could have won the championship. Remind you, we were playing with Ennis Canner as our starting center. Well, I like Ennis a lot, but Nurk was hurt. Right. We went to the conference finals with a backup center. So like, Think about all those things. Obviously, the Warriors had injuries as well. They ended up, they ended up sweeping us. Um, but it was a sweep in which we led for more time than we were trailing. We didn't win a game, which is wild to think right, about. Right. With, with closers on your roster. Hey, that Myers Leonard game, what was that game through? That was just that was one of the most insane things I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. Like we lose a game in which Myers hit seven threes, which is wild. Like, how does that happen? That that shows you how good they were, but I, I enjoyed my time there. I worked as hard as I could have possibly worked. I did all the things I could have possibly done from a preparation standpoint. And I can live with the results of, of losing because I did all I could. Like, so that's how I look at it. Like I learned a lot. I grew as a person. I grew as a man. I grew in the community. I was able to experience a lot of things. I got to play on the, the state doesn't get any bigger than the conference finals unless you go to the finals. So I've, I've been in the playoffs eight straight years. This will be nine. So I've seen all there is to see in this game besides winning a championship and playing in the finals. I've played against champions. I know what it takes. I guarded champions. I guarded MVPs, unanimous MVP. I guarded the guy that can score 30 and a quarter. I guarded the guy that can score 50 on, on 16 shots. Like I've seen it. And now it's just about taking those experiences, enjoying them for what they are and then learning and growing and applying that to my new situation. Speaking of which you've got, it's an interesting group you got down in New Orleans. I mean, they've got, obviously, B.I. hella talented. We know Zion's going to be good when he gets right. Um, but you're in a different headspace, I would think, than, than you were when you got to Portland, right? You were young. You didn't know what was going on in the league. You learned. But now you're 30, right? And so you're in a different spot. So what is it that you, that you besides the scoring and, and, the, and, and the game, what you bring, what else do you bring that, can help a young team get to that next level? I think it's the intangibles. It's the leadership. It's the way I carry myself. I have a steady, calming influence. Um, being able to, to teach guys how to be a true professional, right? I don't have to tell you about it. You just watch me. Like, I don't have to lecture you on do's and don'ts, what right, you should right. be doing. Hey, I'm watch using that at some point in my life. Hey, man, I ain't got to say nothing. Just watch me. I don't know what I'm going to say that about, but I'm saying that at some point. But I'm saying, like, that's what I mean. Like, watch how I move. Watch yeah. the preparation. Watch how strategic I am. Watch the, the routine. What time do I get up? What time am I going to sleep? How do I take care of my body? Who's using their recovery kits when they get them? Right. Like, yeah. do you foam roll at night before you go to sleep? Are you using your Norman tech? Are you getting your massage times? Are you getting your table times in? Are you overtraining? A lot of these guys is working on the wrong shit. Like, what are you working on? How are you getting better? What type of shots do you get in the game? Do you know how to set a screen properly? Do you understand the plays? Like, it's the little stuff that, that gets you in the league for, the, for long periods of time. And it's the big things that help you make the money. The little things help you stay in the league. Like, I got big checks. I don't got small checks. I don't have big roles. I don't have small roles. Now I understand how to survive in a league full of savages, right? This is a league full of savages, Killers. the best players Killers. in the world. Yep. Got, it's 60 guys coming in to take your job every year. And it's a bunch of free agents. That's good enough to have your job. But just don't have the opportunity. So I'm trying to teach them a little stuff to give them an advantage to get them two, three, four more years in the league. And I don't have to say much. You can watch how I move. You ask me questions. I'll give you input. 
I'm a servant leader, right? I serve, I lead when I need to. I speak when I need to. Like, I don't want to be the, the overwhelming voice in the locker room. I just got here. Like, I'm not like rah, 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 team on three. No, no, no. I speak when I need to speak. Yo, I got to box out. Yo, it's two minutes left in the game. These are two plays. We're going to run down the stretch. Yo, he's a shooter. Close out all the way to his feet. Yeah. Yo, this is the play. We're going to run this play out of this timeout. Yo, B.I., I need you to get, I need you to be more aggressive. Get down here. We in the bonus. Z, this is what I did when I broke my foot. Yeah. This is the doctor I use. This is this is how I ate. This is the times I went to sleep. This is the bone stimulator I used. These are the things that's going to help you come back faster. You can do it if you want to do it. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I've already been there. I broke my foot three times. You broke yours twice. See what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not out here to preach. I'm not out here to woe is me. Like, I don't know everything, but I've seen a lot of shit. Yeah. I've done a lot of shit and I've made a lot of money. I know the right people. I know how to do things the right way. And I believe in karma. So I try to give what I can to those that will listen and the rest and the rest will be what it's going to be. And that's kind of how I move my whole life. People, people that know me, know me, right? I'm super blunt. I'm super straight to the point. Some people will say I'm borderline disrespectful. All those things are true. (laughs) (laughs) All those things are true. But here's, but I'm me, but the end of the day, I am me. I am a hundred percent myself. I'm authentic in every room I walk in. I'm the same version of me. And I think that's what's really important. And you can ask my teammates, past and present, they'll say, I didn't know CJ was like that. Yeah. Until they meet me, they don't know. You judge me by, I went to Lehigh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm polished, I can put a suit on, I can look clean, I got the shiny shoes. I can still put the bus down on too with the two chains if I need to, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you have this interpretation of what you think someone's like, then you meet sure. them. And they like, Wow. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Free game. Uh, I could, You know where I could see that like mentality and how you essentially like stuck to your game throughout all these years? Like, for instance, there's, you could shoot 13 threes a game. You can make threes. We know you can shoot it, but 
you just like, hey, man, I will destroy you every time down with this same mid-range pull-up until you stop it, right? Like, how, how, how does that old-school mentality, I'm sure it was developed, like, years and years of working with your brother. But just this idea, what you don't see in the league very much is, until you stop this, you getting this all night. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that's right. the mindset I see you have. Yeah, it stems from my childhood. You know, my brother teaching me the game, teaching me life, the, the importance of working hard, but also the importance of being authentic to who you are. I say all this to say, like, I was 5'2", right? I was a scorer. They was like, he's not this, he's not that. He's too small, not strong enough. I got the 5'7", he's not this, he's not that. Got the 5'11". Oh, he can score, but he can't pass. Can he score in the league? I get to the league. Oh, he can score, but he can't pass. But before you said I couldn't score, but now I can't pass. <laughs> now I'm the backup point guard. Now I'm full-time point guard, but I couldn't pass. But my assist to turnover ratio is like 6.7 to, to 2. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's always something, right? If you just if you chasing what people think you are, you'll never become yourself. Like, I know who I am. I get buckets. I can get to the midi. I can finish at the rim. I got a floater. I'm a three-level score. I can pass. I just never got paid to pass. I got paid to get buckets. I got paid to be a shooting guard, so I was a scoring shooting guard. Now I'm getting paid to run a team, so I'm running a team. So it's, there's a difference. And my analytics guys would talk to me. John Yim's my guy. Shout out to John Yim. He works at the Lakers G League team. He was our video coordinator in Portland for my entire you know, career besides last year. He got fired with the staff. He was like, CJ, you got to shoot more threes. So what I do, I shot two more threes a game. Instead of five or six, I shoot seven or eight. It helps me in the analytics department. They are happy. My, my efficiency goes up, but I'm still shooting middies. I'm still getting to my pull-up because it's unstoppable, and it's a shot everybody allows you to shoot. The three-pointer is a higher percentage shot for shooters, but it takes more energy. The closeouts is crazy. Everybody trying to run me off the line. And I'm like, I'm not about to just force threes up because y'all think that's a better shot. If I can go get 25 a night shooting six threes, shoot 50% from the field, right. everybody can't do that. Like <laughs> KD, Kyrie, the list is getting shorter. Yeah, Steph, right? Steph, doesn't, Steph don't uh, shoot middies. Steph is he three probably should shoot more, yeah. Yeah, because he right. shoot like 70%. <laughs> you, got, you got me, book, KD, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton shoots some middies. I mean, it's five to eight guys who like thriving in the midi, but can also be three level scores. Like that's rare. Like guys, the guys don't have that. So it's like, why would I change my game when y'all said I was never supposed to be here? Right. I wasn't supposed to be here. Why am I change my game when my game is what got me here? My game got me to hundred million, hundred million, probably another hundred million. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. why would I change that when it's, it's proven that it works. It's like, I would be insane to just shift my game now at this point when it's proven that I'm one of the best to play the way I play. Dude, Marcus, let me tell you this. I think I've told, I may have told you this before. I don't know if I did or not, Marcus, but all right. So this is February of 20, 2010. I'm sitting in Bender Arena with my beloved AU Eagles and then brown shirts come in. <laughs> and brown shirts come in. And, and this dude... He's Marcus, he's not starting. He comes off the bench. And he hits he hits us with the two dribble pop pop and pulls up from by 18 and then does it again. Pop pop. And I turned to my guy next to me and I, I swear to God, this is exactly what I said. What the fuck is he doing in the Patriot League? <laughs> what? 
who is that kid? Who is he? <laughs> like, he's not supposed to be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we, we don't, nobody does that in our league, you know, and it just sticks to what you, what you just said. You stuck to that when you had very few scholarship offers in high school, even though you were giving people work, right? But you still right. stuck to your stuff. Like, you didn't say, all right, let me be flashy and let me do all this stuff to get noticed. You're like, nah, man, I get 25 a night doing this. And man, I mean, just to stick with that, I just, it it is amazing that you, that even when people's, even when you blew up in high school as a senior, you stuck to that, right? And you stuck with Lehigh and I'm, and I'm, and it's fascinating to me that you, that you did that. Like, cause they, I, mean, I thought it was wild that he went back. It's so hard. That, it is. That was I mean, that too. That sure, was gangster, sure. Yo. Yeah, yeah. And I know. I wanted you, to be the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just be, remember. I, wanted it. I remember in 2008, the Warriors general manager was like, "You gotta watch this Stephen Curry kid," and I'm like, "Davidson." Play no who, right? <laughs> so Steph does what he did, he does, right? So then it was like, all right, you gotta watch this CJ kid. But Steph had already let us know, oh no, these dudes do work, right? And you were like at the at the beginning of that mid-major movement. So then like I think you might have been a, a junior, and it was like, oh, this dude is a bucket bucket. <laughs> so it was like but it was super early. I don't think it was as popular then for a mid-major dude, but I remember like doubting Steph. And then when I saw you, I was like, okay, yeah, this is another one of them. These dudes get buckets professionally. Like this is what they do. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was dope. You went back though, even though man, I would have went and got that bread. It's a mentality. And it was for me, I wanted to be over-evaluated, right? Like everybody is like, oh, like these guys go one and done. There's no film one. They don't really know there's upside. What is it going to be? I was so confident in my game and myself. I was like, I want them to come watch me. Come watch practice. You can pick my game apart. I'm good at a lot of different things, right? Like I have a unique skill set that I think transfers at every level. That's just how I felt. I was like, this is this is a game that transfers at every level. And you can watch me play up close. I want you to critique my game. I want you to have film on me. I wanted to get better. I wanted to go back to the tournament. I felt like I could get to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Yeah. And I want to know what it was like to be a preseason All-American. I want to know what it was like to be the man coming into a season. Like, I had never felt that before. Like, besides high school, I was a preseason All-American. I was at CPs. I was at LeBron Skills Academy. I was at all those things. And I was like, I want to really see what this is like to be the, the, I was a big man on campus, but now I'm the real, I'm the big man on campus. I want to know what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that year was weird. I know for you, man, but did you still enjoy that season? I did. I did enjoy that season. And when I first got hurt, I did have regrets. I, I definitely regretted, um, going back to school because of the injury. I didn't know what was going to happen. I felt like my career could be over. I felt like, I would have been, I would have felt better being hurt as a millionaire, right? Like knowing my family was taken care of. But now looking back on it, that's exactly what I needed. From a mental standpoint, it shifted my perspective. I began to do hot yoga. I began to take care of things that I probably wouldn't have taken care of before. My perspective, my appreciation of life shifted. I needed that. Like looking back, it it helped shape me in who I am today. Uh, I have better character. I have better morals. I do things a certain way now, understanding that this game can be gone like that. I've, I've had multiple foot fractures. I understand the importance of being able to depend and rely upon people. 
right? Like I had to have people help me. I had to have people help me get up. I couldn't shower standing up. Like there was a lot of things that I just couldn't do anymore. And it was hard, but I needed that. And I'm thankful for the injury because it allowed me to shift my perspective. It changed my character. And the way I had to work coming from that was different. Like I always worked hard, but like, then I was paranoid. Like, dang, right, right, right. what if I'm not the same? I couldn't walk. How am I going to run? Like it, it just changed everything. And I'm thankful that I went through that because I was able to go back to school. I got my degree. I get drafted by Portland. That changes my life. I get married there. I have, I have a kid there. I build a wine business there. Like that situation like God's plan is undefeated. Like there's nothing, there's nothing I could have thought would happen out of that situation that happened. Like I had no idea, like I was going to get hurt. I was going to get hurt again. I was going to get hurt again. Like all those things happen. And here I am today to still, to still speak to it. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I think it's uh, dope that you described yourself as arrogant. You was a bomb first type. You said <laughs> uh, yeah. you um, like when you when you became really good, people started knowing it. I think you said you were tough to be around. I only know the CJ that everybody liked, so I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how did your wife pull this off. Like, how does she turn you into a good? <laughs> like, how just how important has she been to you? You you met her in college, and you know, right. shout out the wife, the wife out here. Yeah, I mean, I'm still arrogant. I still am a lot of those things. It's just about the timing of it and when it happens, and the understanding of my life and where I where I've come from and what I've been able to accomplish. My wife has been everything, right? Like she's been there when I had nothing. She was taking me out to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like she's been there when I couldn't walk multiple times. She's, she's helped me study, helped me prepare. She's rebounded for me. Like I said, at 1am, 2am, like I might go out and say, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. She'd come back and rebound for the kid 1am, 2am. So she's been through like every step of this process with me. She's been there when I was getting DMPs. I was like, why are you wearing my Jersey to this game? I'm not even going to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's low-key embarrassing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's been there for all phases of life. And I told her, I've accomplished, my greatest accomplishments have come with you. And be, probably, like, in theory, like, you have a, a strong woman who leads and encourages and loves, and you don't have to worry about your household. You become more successful. Oh, right? yeah. And <laughs> she's helped me triple my worth because of her guidance, her love, her sacrifice. Her ability to encourage, her ability to put me down when I need to be put down. Like, you know what I'm saying? When I'm not doing things the way I need to be doing them. Like, it's like you don't need a yes man and a yes woman around you. You need people who are going to say no. Like, no, nah, you shouldn't do that. Or, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. Or, yeah, go ahead and do that. Even though this is going to take you away from the house for a little bit. I know that's, what, that's what's important to you. You go do that. So my wife is one of the main reasons why I've been able to sustain um, success and being able to sustain a high level of success in like a lot of factors in my life. It's because of her encouragement, her sacrifice, her love, and her input. Um, her input is extremely important to me. I value her, not just as a person, but like what she thinks about certain stuff that I'm doing, partnerships, community stuff, 
Um, and she brings a unique perspective. Uh, a woman's perspective is very, very important. So I, I'm thankful for her and she's given me the greatest gift life can offer. And that's, and that's a child. Um, so I can never repay her for, for not only the love she showed for me and my family, but how she carries herself. And she's so nice and genuine and sweet as a person. It's hard for me to be an arrogant asshole. <laughs> all the time. You still not all the time. all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> Only some of the time. Shout out to good wives, baby. That's you know what I'm saying? About, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. No, no doubt. Well, speaking of time, man, I don't want to, I don't want to hog yours, man. So man, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you having, having you on this week, man. It's been great. You, you, you're doing it at, Marcus, 26 a game since he got down to, to Nolo. You know what I'm saying? 26 a game and still efficient. So, like, what are we talking about, folks? You know what I mean? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I, I do, I say, do it again for the people, say it again for the people in the back. 26 <laughs> a game since he got down to New Orleans. <laughs> Two six. I, 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 I do got to ask you, as a as a fellow East Oakland native myself, uh, <laughs> has Dame ever brought you to the town and put you in an uncompromised uh, a compromised position? <laughs> you, y'all ever been the wrong street? <laughs> I've been. I mean, when you with D, I don't know, know if it's such a thing as a wrong street out there for real, for real. Uh, for him, uh, yeah, right. He's, he's the king, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's his home. But I've been there. I've been there, man. I've been. I've been what they say in the trenches. I've been to his grandma's house. I've been to some places, but when you, I'm with his family, like I'm not going to be uncomfortable. I grew up a certain type of way. First of all, like I grew up a certain type of way. I didn't grow up in Oakland or anything like that, but like, you know where you should be at and where you shouldn't be at in the times. <laughs> the time matters. Timing oh, matters. Time, time absolutely. matters. Absolutely. I'm going to be nowhere. When that I'm sun go down. Nighttime. First hey, of be, all, you know, <laughs> being with I'm the not, unofficial mayor helps though. Right, yeah, right. I ain't going to be, I ain't going to be nowhere. I'm not supposed to be at nighttime exactly. during the day. Like, I mean, we, we kicking it, we kicking it, we shopping, whatever. But generally after a certain point in time, we, we would security anyway. Like if, if we're going shopping or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I'd have been to his grandma's house. I'd have been to a lot of different places. Um, it is what it is. Like, that's a, he's my guy. That's a good dude. And you feel like he's not going to put me in a position and not be safe anyway, first of all, because like he got a lot to lose too. Right. Right. But Dame, Dame I, I do that to my guests. Like, I'm like, hey, I want to <laughs> scare it. the hell out of you. You know, that's, that's it. <laughs> Marcus, that's Marcus it. we know I'm some people. Some people, you could be at the at the food spot at the at the Chinese at the Chinese restaurant, and somebody will come into your ride. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm like, hey man, let's go During check the out this, this taco joint. Let's go check out this taco joint. Be CJ, like, man, where you got me over here? Lock the they, door. CJ, <laughs> they went to, they went to the spot in Oakland in the middle of the day. <laughs> Hey, media, the media truck, this is during the finals. They during chill the finals. at Panda Express in there eating the whole truck being robbed. They took like a hundred dollars. Wait, the truck got robbed? Dude, yeah, yeah. everything. <laughs> Cameras. Took, they, <laughs> they sit there eating uh, Kung Pao Dex. chicken. And <laughs> during the finals, that's during the finals. During the finals. They was chilling. It was like, well, you in East Oakland, what are you doing? Yeah, they was chilling. You know what? Came back to empty van. Marcus, they thought it was sweet because the weather was nice. It made, you know what made me laugh? Marcus, where were they going to fence that shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? They're just dudes looking for a three-quarter deck. And, you know? <laughs> Tripods and all type of hate. <laughs> so what y'all going to do with it? No, that's wild. 
Oh, man. All right, CJ. Let me get, get, get you out of here, man. Thank you so All right, much. I'll take it easy. Stay safe, brother, and, and continue good luck. We Hopefully, you make the playoffs so we can come down to NOLA, man. We'll love, that's a great yeah, spot. Please love being down there. make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do our best, man. We're going to do our go. best. All right, bro. He, Appreciate you, man. you, man. Yes, sir. All right. All right, Peace. man. Thank you all for listening to the podcast this week. Listen to us on Spotify, Google, Google Play, wherever. I don't know, Marcus. There's so many places you can get this podcast. Leave that five-star review. And if you ain't leaving no damn five-star review after that show, I don't know what to tell you. But what would you tell me? Keep it to yourself, you haters. haters. Well, I'm going to put CJ on your ass. He's arrogant. <laughs> what he needs to be. <laughs> That's just funny. It's the classiest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? But, Bomb but, on you, yeah. He got a special set of skills. He like Liam Neeson, man. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs>